This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, praise God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Glory to God. So grateful for his presence. The Bible says that in his presence there's fullness of joy. Glory to God. Amen. Did you all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles together. I've got a few things to share with you before we get to it, but if you want to start looking, <laughs> you can. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15 is where we're eventually going to land. I want to thank all of you for your support and involvement with our meetings that we had this past week. Had a little bit of a hiccup in the middle of the road there, and so Pastor Monty didn't get a preach on Monday. But boy, Sunday and uh, Tuesday and Wednesday were wonderful. I would really encourage you to, uh, you know, you can get all these things from our podcast, but I would really encourage you uh, to get on there and listen repeatedly on some of the, you know, it's, the thing about it is sometimes when you start talking about the subject of faith, it's, it's more caught than taught. And what I mean by that is just, you know, the, uh, when Paul was writing you know, the church there at Ephesus, part of his prayer is that God would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say revelation. Revelation, revelation in the knowledge of him. So it's not a textbook kind of understanding, but rather a knowing, a knowledge of him by revelation, by the spirit of God on the inside of you. And there is a difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I encourage you to do that because it'll help you in your faith. It'll help you to understand faith. Um, Personally, uh, I don't know of too many preachers that are better in terms of communicating uh, about what faith is and how it works than Reverend Gary Crowell. And uh, rich, rich stuff. Now I know some of you started swimming in really deep water and thought maybe you were going to drown there on uh, Tuesday night, but, you know, he brought you back out and you all are going to survive. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? But I would really encourage you to do that. I want to thank you for your support in those meetings, uh, the abilities that we had to send these men away uh, blessed. And uh, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's really awesome. Our church, you guys are awesome in terms of your generosity and your giving. Everybody wants to come to your church. They call me all the time. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I can appreciate that, and, uh, and that's all good. But, you know, I, long ago when we first got started, we always thought that if we would give God our best, he would give us his. And he's done that. Hallelujah. So we never shy away from the opportunity. I remember years and years ago, uh, I wanted to have Lester Summerall come to our church. And, um, um, you know, I was wrestling with that whole idea, and, and I got to talking to uh, uh, some different ones, and, uh, and he was always flying around in a jet. How many of you know that jets don't fly for free? And so at that time, now, now it's four or five times that much probably, but, you know, it was um, $600. you got to understand this is back in uh, the 80s. You know, it's $600 just for him to land and show up at your place. And, you know, we were a small church and different things like that. I never did get the job done. I just, I struggled with that. How many of you have ever choked 
before. You know, it's like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you know, and then not on top of that, you know, of course, and then the offering and all the things that go along with that. Well, you know, we've grown a little bit and we don't uh, get too concerned about that. We had uh, Keith Moore come one time and I'm going to guess that it probably costs, I don't know, four or $5,000 to fire that thing up and fly it anywhere. How many of you know jets don't, don't fly for free? They love fuel, huh? So the green people, they don't, they don't like them, okay? But um, I remember when he came, you know, I was talking with him about it, and he says, well, Pastor, you, you don't have to worry about that. I said, well, you're our guest, you know. There's expense that's, you know, associated with your coming, and we want to bless you, praise God. And he said, well, you can bless me however you want, but the cost of my coming here is absolutely zero to you. He said, my church sends me, uh, you know, wherever it is that I go. And uh, so... We made sure, praise God, that at least we did our part uh, for his being here along with an offering for him and things of that nature. Because that's the thing about it, you know, um, the Bible says that the liberal, generous soul will be made fat, you know. And um, you, you have to learn about being generous. I'm not talking about being foolish, but I am talking about being generous when opportunities present themselves to take advantage of it. And, and here's the thing about that, if you'll develop that behavior in your life, God does not bless stingy. But if you'll develop that behavior within your life, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, and especially to them that are of the household of faith. Sometimes you find yourself in a position where, um, you're better positioned, if that's the right way to put it, to be able to help someone. You know, it may be as simple as just buying them lunch, you know. But if, but again, you know, as the opportunity, if you'll develop the habit, you know, and as you work into that type of thing, um, God will bless you. He'll multiply it because he loves a generous heart. Are you with me? God does not, like I just got done saying. He doesn't, he doesn't bless <clears throat> stingy. And, uh, and he doesn't bless people that are covetous. You know, some people, they love money. And it is reflected in how they live and what they do. And, uh, you know, uh, years and years ago, the, the, the father of uh, those of us that preach the word of faith, Brother Hagen, the Lord spoke to him one time and said, be very careful about money. Because many upon whom I have placed my spirit have become money-minded and lost the anointing. And I've seen it, you know, over all these years. And, uh, you know, it's all about getting an offering. There'll be times, you know, when you'll see people. Years ago, uh, I don't know how come I'm talking about all this, but anyway, years ago, Rick Renner uh, wrote a book, Merchandising the Anointing. And uh, what it was was basically a... a a warning, I guess you could say, uh, instruction, however you want to put it. Because a lot of preachers, they'll get up in the pulpit, and when the Spirit of God comes on them, all of a sudden, they'll stop and start taking up an offering. Why? Because people are open, because the presence of God is there, and they, they explo exploit people by doing that. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, there can, there can be an anointing, you know, in a church, you know, to receive an offering, and thank God for that. That's really good. I remember the same again, Brother Hagen was talking about one time 
He was in field ministry. That meant he traveled from church to church, and uh, he would never accept a meeting for more than three weeks. You know, it's a hard thing to get people to show up for three days, let alone three weeks. But they'd be taught the Word of God. And that's why I encourage you and exhort you, you know, thank God for Sunday mornings. We can gather together as a, a community of believers and corporately, you know, worship the Lord together. But, but if you think that that's all this amounts to, you know, if it's just one brick in the house of your life and I've gone to church and now I'm good, you're not good. It's through the washing of the water of the Word of God where you become a student, a lifelong learner of what it is that God wants to teach you. Are you listening to me? And so it's that exposure. You know, you think about it with me for just a moment. You know, a lot of times when it's, we sit down in front of a television, you know, it's, it's amazing the number of hours that people will sit in front of a TV. Can you, can you imagine what your life and you would be like if you'd spend that much time in the Word? Dude, you'd be a spiritual juggernaut. You know, I mean, it just it would be unbelievable what it is that God could do in your life. Well, anyway, Brother Hagin was talking about being in this meeting. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of people, you know, within the body of Christ. Um, and even as leaders, you know, you, you kind of need to be a little bit careful about who you listen to and who you follow. Well, this particular pastor... You know, as a, a, a way of, you know, basically it was just to get more money. But what he would do is, is uh, and this was during the holidays, actually is running right up against Christmas. And uh, he would get up and he would manipulate the people. He would talk to them and say, now we don't know whether we're going to continue or not, you know, but you come back this afternoon. They were having Sunday afternoon services, Sunday evening services. You come back this afternoon and we'll tell you what it is that we're going to do, you know, whether we're going to go on another week or not, you know, just baiting them. <clears throat> well, he told Brother Hagen um, they were probably, I don't know, doing the offertory, singing a special or whatever. He leaned over. He said, I said that so that, so that I can get him come back here again this afternoon. And then, you know, and then we'll tell him we're going to go on for another week. But that way we can get a better offering, you know. A lot of times people would have meetings, you know, because um, people would come from other uh, denominational preferences, you know. Like on Sunday nights, a lot of churches don't have Sunday night service. And so they'd have Sunday night service, but their motive was all wrong. It was in order to get money. Well, as soon as that preacher, that pastor told him that, the Lord spoke to him and said, when you get up to the pulpit, you tell them that you're closing tonight and this is it. And, and so he's sitting there now wrestling. He goes, but Lord, you know, we're right up here against Christmas, you know, one more week for Christmas, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to have any more meetings, and you know, always need extra during Christmas time, and you know, if I shut the meeting down, I'm not going to have any, so he said, don't you worry about that, I'll take care of that, you do what I told you. So as soon as he got up in the pulpit, he said, we're quitting tonight, or we're closing tonight, and he went home. He said never in all of his ministry had ever, anything like this ever happened before, and you got to understand, this is probably back in the maybe the 40s or 50s it could have been. But he said he got home and people started mailing him money like it was going out of style. And, you know, he, people write a letter, now, Brother Hagin, I want you to know this isn't my tithe, but I just felt led to send you an offering. And they were like $150, $100, $200. Well, he made more money being at home than he did in the, in the pulpit. 
So <clears throat> anyway, I guess I say all of that just to say, you know, just be careful about who it is that you're listening to. Are you with me? Praise God. You know, never in all of the years that we've ever been here have we ever taken an offering up to try to manipulate people. We usually present what it is that we're doing, and we give you the opportunity to give. And God has been such a great blessing to us. I mentioned to you, you know, here in the last 30 days, well, now it was about 30. Now we're up against 30, almost $40,000 that we've given away to other ministers, primarily missionaries. You know, a lot of these missionaries, uh, we have uh, Tim and Rhonda Rogers down in Mexico. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Matt and Julie Beamer that are in Lebanon and uh, various places, uh, Patty and James uh, that are in Samoa. And it seems like there was another major, oh, it was uh, John and Michelle Grindel, who basically are the directors of our um, Rama uh, Europe very, very large uh, area that they oversee and do such a magnificent job. So we're sowing into people who are changing people's lives. Are you listening to me? You know, that is the mission of our church, Fellowship Church, is to reach people and change lives. You actually, you drive by it every, if you come in this north entrance, it's on the sign, reaching people, changing lives so that people can be born of the Spirit of God, so that they can experience the salvation of Jesus Christ. Not only that, but also enjoy, praise God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen? Matter of fact, you know, on Wednesday nights, um, we're talking about that subject and, and dealing with that because we want people to be blessed. Amen? and full of the Holy Ghost. And I've had altar calls and they won't come down until after the service. And then they show up like, you know, dog hair. I mean, there are a lot of them. And we get them filled with the Holy Ghost. We had a couple of them get filled in the Holy Ghost in the lobby and we got one down here and, you know, I don't know. People are a little more bashful, I guess. But, you know, <clears throat> Jesus spoke to his disciples and he told them, he said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until I send the promise of my Father. And we know on the day of Pentecost when it had fully come, they were all together in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire and set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. See, it's one thing to be born of the Spirit. It's another thing to be filled with the Spirit. Glory to God. Amen. And you know, uh, one of the things that, in, in the context of this, the Lord, I was just meditating on the scriptures, you know, as I was preparing for these midweek services, and the Lord spoke to me, you know, and he just made this simple statement. He said, the Holy Ghost has been given to the church. Everybody say, I'm part of the church. The Holy Ghost has been given to the church as a supply, you know, He's been given to the church as a supply for victorious living, but few really take advantage of it or know a little bit about it. Nah, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm good. Well, you're not good if Jesus didn't say you were good, okay? If he told his disciples, you need to stick around here, there is a purpose. So anyway, we're talking about that, and I really encourage you on Wednesday nights, if you haven't been filled with, it would be good for you just to come anyway. Praise God. Watch people get filled with the Spirit. You know, there's, there's just a different level of life and living 
There's a, there's a fuller measure of what it is that God wants to do in your life to give you victory, you know? I, I think that that in and of itself is so incredibly powerful that you don't have to go through life defeated. You don't have to go through life, you know, with your head hanging down and, my God, what's going to go on? Because there's this divine connection with him to help you and to bless you. Praise God. So whatever it is that you don't know about it, learn. You know, somebody pitched me about being filled with the Holy Ghost, and I was like a lot of people. I thought, well, I've been born again. I've received the Holy Spirit, you know, in, in, with or through salvation, so I have him, and that's good enough. And they said, no, there's more. Everybody say, there is more. There's more. And, you know, so they you know, encouraged me in that, prayed with me to receive. And I got to tell you, you know, when I was prayed for, I, I, didn't, I didn't really think that I had much of anything. I thought, well, okay, whatever. But here's the thing. You know, I just decided, what is it about this? I mean, Lord, what, what, what is it that, that is about this Holy Ghost business? And so what I did is I got into the Word of God, and I ran all my references and I found out, praise God, that on the day of Pentecost, he poured out the Spirit of God for all. The promise is unto you, to your children, to as many as be afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And, you know, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost ever since. So a lot of times people, you know, that are at impasse when it comes to being baptized in the Holy Ghost because they don't have faith to receive. Everybody say receive. Receive. Yeah, you know, faith, everything When it comes to the kingdom of heaven, everything that you receive from heaven comes by or through the avenue of faith that you believe, praise God. You know, and and, you know, Jesus made the statement, he said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness because they'll be what? They'll be what? They'll be filled. Now, if you're not hungry, then you're, well, no, I don't know so much about that. You'll, You'll never have it. You'll never experience it. You'll never enjoy it. You'll never be blessed by it. But I could take you to a couple gals right now that would flat out give you testimony that they're excited about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. People say, well, what good is it? And I don't have time. This is not my subject, you know. But, you know, again, I would appeal to you on this level or this basis. If Jesus told his disciples not to leave until they got it, that ought to be enough for you to get to looking. That's simple enough, isn't it? Praise God. Well, anyway, <laughs> praise God. It's good. I said it's good. Glory to God. I said all that just to say thanks for coming this week. <laughs> praise God. You know, one other thing while I'm thinking about it, I want to offer my condolences to Teresa Petty. Teresa, God bless you. Her father just, was he 90, 90, 92 years young, went home to be with Jesus, uh, I believe it was last week. They had the funeral on Monday in a snowstorm. And, um, but um, we just offer our condolence to you. You know, it's, it's bittersweet, you know. And um, so anyway, praise God for that. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and let's take an offering, and then I'll preach to you. How about that? The ushers are there in the aisle someplace, and they have an envelope in their hands. If you would uh, like to give cash, like to receive, uh, get a receipt for your giving. If you're making out a check, you can make it to Fellowship Church. My wife and I, we've decided, praise God, we're going to up the ante this year.
How many of you want to up the ante this year? You say, what do you mean by that? Give more than you've ever given. Give more than you've ever given. You say, how's that work? Just start giving more than you've ever given. Huh? You know? You can never outgive God, and I've got some big things I'm believing God for, so I want to get some seed in the ground. How about you? And I believe that when we do that, glory to God, you know, you just, you got to ramp things up. There's I, um, everything that I hear people that I um, uh, respect are saying that as much as all this other stuff that's going on, there is huge opportunity in 21 for the believer. Are you with me? I believe there's huge opportunity. And, you know, I, I, had, I had actually thought when I was preparing to come today to, to get a big, you know, bullseye or something, you know, a target and put it on my uh, shirt, just wear it, you know, maybe hang it around my neck and just put it here. And the reason I wanted to do that is because I know that you guys would be looking at that instead of me. My God, what is he doing? What's that all about? Take that thing off, you know, or whatever. But my point to that would be, as long as you keep your focus on the wrong thing, then you're going to miss what it is that God wants to do in your life. Are you listening to me? So it's important in these last days uh, that we get our, our thinking squared away with all these things. You know, you guys, I mean, there's just so much stuff going on. Never mind about it. Because the other thing I hear the Spirit of God saying is, is that all this stuff that people are meaning for evil, God, <laughs> he, he is going to make a show, baby. And I tell you what, he's going to clean house. Are you with me? So don't get all stirred up every time you listen to whatever it is you've been listening to. My God, what are they doing? They're just doing what they do. There's a kingdom that is coming. And that's what you need to worry about, not worry. You know, you know. That's what you need to be focused on. That's a better way to put it. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, Hold your offering up toward heaven. Father, today, we're so grateful. Yes, thank you, Jesus. It is without question our privilege, Father, to bring our tithes and our offerings into the storehouse, just like you asked us to do, so that there would be the nourishment within the house that is needed, Father, for everyone that comes. Green pastures. Father God, still waters for our children, for our youth, for everyone, Father. We thank you for our church. And as we sow today, we thank you, Lord God, that as we sow, so shall we reap. And Father, we thank you for abundant provision within the body life of the church, that men and women, Father, become conduits to be able, Father, to finance what it is that you want to do in the earth today. And so we rejoice together with you, Father, in this privilege that's ours, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. All right, do we have an, uh, physical announcements? Okay, well, I guess you better show them. Welcome to Fellowship Church. So good to have you here. If you're visiting, feel free to drop by our hospitality room just off our main entrance. We had a fantastic time during Faith Life Conference last week. If you want to watch or listen to those sessions again, you can jump on the YouTube channel or on our website, which is thefellowship.church. Week two of reading the entire New Testament is complete. If you haven't started that yet, feel free to grab a bookmark at the back 
or if you want text reminders each day, you can text BIBLE to 888-520-9565. Coming up in February on the 26th and 27th, we're having a marriage conference with Joe McGee. Whether you're newly engaged or you've been married for absolutely ages, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a great time. Event costs $59 per couple, which includes a catered meal on the Friday evening. There's going to be three different sessions, one on Friday night and two on Saturday morning. It's going to be awesome. Register on myfc.info. Thanks again for joining us this morning and have a blessed week. I have a um, teaching session again. Uh with my ushers. I see they forgot one guy that was wanting to give the church money. He actually had to go and give it to him. God bless you, Matt. Amen. So Al Hadfield back there in that room, have a talk with your man. Don't miss nobody. Hallelujah. <laughs> I wouldn't want them to miss a blessing. Praise God. Why don't you, uh, I know that you probably already found your scripture. Let's stand together for just a moment. The song of the Lord. Praise God. Father, we love you today, and we're grateful for our time together in you. And Father, for these few moments we have, Father, I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Father, for a word from heaven for those that are assembled here together today. And I want to thank you, Father God, for speaking to men and women's hearts, providing direction, providing peace, providing comfort. Father, even for those that are discouraged, let them know, Father God, that you have them in your hands and that you care for them. And I thank you, Father, for your blessing in the house today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Bless you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul <clears throat> was talking about the resurrection of the dead. And, uh, you know, there was a doctrine that got out that basically said that Jesus was not resurrected from the dead. You know, there's all kinds of doctrines you hear all the time about people saying, you know, that there's no such thing as a virgin birth. There's no such thing as the devil, you know, and um, all of these different kinds of heresies really is what they are. How many of you know you better, you better take heed to what it is the Bible says? You know, he, he reasoned this way. He said, if the dead aren't raised, uh, then if Christ hasn't risen, then neither are you, and we're all dead in our sins, and, you know, we are of all men most miserable. But then he went on to conclude, but now has Christ been raised from the dead. Glory to God. Thank God for the scriptures that tell us the truth. Amen? So anyway, in the context of that, he comes to the end of it, and in verse 56, <clears throat> or at least of this chapter, he said that the sting of uh, death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God, hallelujah, glory to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye, what's that word? Say it again. Be ye steadfast. Be ye unmovable. Huh? Always abounding. Everybody say always abounding. Always abounding. Praise God. Aren't you glad that you don't have to go on some, you know, uh, drought, you know, where your life is concerned and how it is that you're impacting the world that's around you? It says always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor 
thank you, Jesus, is never in vain in the Lord. Now, the reason I want to bring this up to you this morning, I want to talk to you about being established in the Lord. How many of you know God wants you to be established? We just read right there in that verse of Scripture. He said, you know, uh, in verse uh, 38, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast and unmovable. So at least the capacity or the potential to be that. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, again, I made reference to all of the doctrines that are going on, and people are saying this and that and the other, and oh my God, you know, our man didn't get in, you know, so now we're, we're having to do that. You know what? The, the man is not who our faith is in. Are you listening to me? No. But you know, you'd think that most, a lot of, a lot of evangelicals and Christians, you know, they fell off the cliff, you know, because our man didn't get in. Well, I can tell you what, God's going to do what he's going to do, whether your man's there or not. Are you listening to me? And we can look to him. Now, you know, the thing is, is we may have a few more challenges that we have to deal with, because, you know, when you've got people that are corrupt, when you have people that are godless, that are in positions of power and authority, they can make life challenging. They can make it difficult. But here's the thing you need to understand. There's a God in heaven that watches this whole business, and you reap whatever you sow. Are you listening to me? You know, they are placed there by God with the responsibility to carry out righteous judgment. And if they don't, then there's a consequence to that. So that's where we place our trust. You know, I'm not saying, you know, people say, well, are you saying God's got everything in control, you know? Well, yes, but, but don't distort that statement. Are you listening to me? Because a lot of times people will use that, well, you know, God's got everything under control, so I don't have to do anything. In other words, it becomes an abdication of any responsibility that I as a believer. How many of you know we still have to pray? Huh? And we need to, you know, stand before God and pray for righteousness to prevail. Are you listening to me? <laughs> I was in the bathroom this morning. I, didn't, I couldn't think of the whole scripture, but it just came up on the inside of me, you know. The path of the righteous is like the rising of the sun. My path, how many of you here have been declared righteous not because of you, but because of him? So it says that the path, let me get it out here so I can get it quoted correctly. Um, <clears throat> this is uh, Proverbs 4.18, you just write it down. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Everybody say, my path's getting brighter. A lot of Christians you talk to, they're not, they, don't, they don't act like it. They don't talk like it, you know. But I'm telling you what, our, our path's getting brighter. You know, and a lot of times, you know, when you do that or when you say that, people will, you know, think you're living some kind of a pipe dream. I'm not living a pipe dream. I'm living in the reality of what my heavenly father said, yes. you know. So I, I, have to, I have no apologies to make when I say that the path of the righteous is brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. Now, the path of the wicked, that's a whole different story. Are you listening to me? Praise God. I tell you what, I mean, I'm glad I went to church. I'm just getting blessed standing here. Hallelujah. 
No, he said, thanks be unto God who gives us the what? The victory through our Lord. Everybody say, I've got victory. Yes, praise God, the battle's already won. Did we sing that this morning? I've been in so many church services, I don't know what song I sang when, you know. But he's given us a victory. Was that today? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, you know, he has given you the victory. Everybody say, I've got the victory. Now, you may be sitting there and thinking, man, I'm telling you what, you don't know nothing about my life because I can tell you right now, it don't look like anything like a victory. But I'm telling you what, he has provided victory for you. Glory to God. You may be in a rough spot. You may be in a tough place, but thank God you don't have to stay there. Well, about six people over here, believe me. How about the rest of you? You might be in a rough spot, a tight spot, but you don't have to stay there. Hallelujah. Well, you know, this is just my lot in life. This is, see what I get, you know. I try to serve God, and this happens, and whatever. You know, the devil's such a liar. And he'll do anything and everything he can to keep you from the blessing of God. But thank God he can't do it. He wants you to be established in him. Hallelujah. In other words, to be strengthened, not soon moved. You know, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the apostle Paul, he's talking about the fact that he was communicating with them that they would not be soon shaken, you know, but rather be established in him. God wants to establish you. He wants you to be strong in the Lord and in him and in the power of his might. Huh? Guess we're going to go there. Okay, let's go to um, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you brought a Bible or have a device there, you never know how this is going to turn out. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Glory to God. Notice here with me, this is a story I know that many of you are familiar with. It's a story of King Jehoshaphat. Um, Israel, uh, the 12 tribes of Israel had been divided. And, uh, and there were 10 tribes with Israel, and then there was 10 tribes with Judah and Jerusalem, or two. I said 10 and two, there's 12 total. And so Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah and Jerusalem, and those two tribes. And uh, so um, he was righteous. Thank God for righteous people that lead, that rule, you know. When the righteous are in authority, the people what? They rejoice. But sin is a reproach to any people, okay? So anyway, he was righteous, and he was leading them. And what I mean by that is, is when he became king, he followed in the steps of his father David. So he took down all the idols, and got rid of all this stuff. There was even a brazen serpent, you know, that, that they worshiped that uh, uh, Moses had made. Remember when they put the brazen serpent up, you know, and everybody that looked on it was, was saved or delivered. You know, they were being uh, bitten by snakes. Well, they made a god out of it. And they only enshrined it, and they made a god out of it. So, when, you know, when the king got a hold of it, dude, he just, you know, he tore the thing up. He said, you guys are dumb, you know. All that, you know, well, anyway. So, so anyway, um, but so they're going down the road of life, just like you as a believer, a child of God, just minding your own business, you know, doing what it is that you do. And all of a sudden, 
a threat comes knocking on the door of your life. It may come in the form of a phone call. It could be a doctor's visit. It could be this. It could be that. But it is something that is beyond your ability to manage or deal with. You know, there's a lot of folk, bless their hearts, I'm telling you what, there's a lot of folk, they're going to discover that there's some things in their life that is beyond their abilities. People are sometimes, you know, they're just so smug, you know, really arrogant is what they are, you know, just they, they got all this moxie, you know, and all this and that and the other. Well, I'm telling you what, dude, they're going to get cut to their knees. Because I tell you, at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to stand is the Lord. And you better put your trust in him, not in your academia and your, you know, how wise you think you are and all this and that and the other. Because everything that can be shaken is going to get shook. Are you listening to me? Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the what? The name of the Lord our God. Are you listening to me? Y'all still here. You're still glad you came. You know, it's important for us to make sure that our, our focus is in the right place. Glory to God. Wow. You know, when Jesus does this to me, um, I, you know, kind of got to go with it. And that's right. Just go with it. So anyway, in this story, um, hell shows up on Jehoshaphat's doorstep. Maybe that's happened to you. Well, guess what? I got good news. Praise God, hell can't stay because Jesus is Lord. And we're going to do the same thing that he did. You know, they ain't no use reinventing the wheel, man. Let's just find out what Jehoshaphat did, praise God, and let's do that. And I believe, praise God, we can end up with a predictable result. So here in 20, chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, a uh, little bit of reading here, but it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's good anyway. Verse 1, came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and, um, and with them others beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, there is coming a great multitude. Everybody say, uh-oh. Yeah. There is, there is coming a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they're camped out right now in Hazadon Termar, I guess, which is in Ganai. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and to proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. In other words, everybody hit your prayer bones. Huh? And so, my first uh, point in my message would be, if you're in trouble, dude, you need to look to the Lord. Turn yourself and look to Him. Hallelujah. Now notice it goes on then to say, in verse 4, And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Hallelujah. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. In other words, they showed up. Huh? You know, well, maybe if I get around to it, if, you know, my, my schedule will allow me. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know. Have you got an easier way? I mean, can you send that to me with FedEx? You know, or sometimes, you know, when it comes to getting victory in your life, there's only one place you can go, and there's only one way you can get there. 
And you just need to spend time with him, praise God, and let him speak to your heart. So anyway, they all came. And notice it says in verse 5, Jehoshaphat begins to pray, and he stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in uh, the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, oh, Lord, <laughs> Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? So what's he doing in his prayer? He's beginning to declare who God is. I got a question for you this morning. Who's God in your life? How do you describe him? What would you say? You know, if you were going to say, you know, or describe God. He said, are you not God? Woo, glory to God. Notice what it goes on to say in this verse. He said, Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the heathen? Think about that in the context of what's going on in our world right now. Oh, my God, did you hear about this? Do you know what they're doing here? Do you, do you say, listen, don't trouble yourself. There is a God in heaven. Huh? Yeah, but it might impact me. I tell you, my Bible says that only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. But that's only going to happen if you believe him or believe it. Are you with me? So let's go on reading here. I get distracted by you, and then I don't read all this stuff here. He said, rule you not over all the kingdoms of the heathen, and in your hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. And are you not our God that did drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwelt therein. They built you a sanctuary then for your name, saying that if when evil comes as a sword, judgment, pestilence, or disease, famine, and we stand before this house and in your presence, for your name is here, and cry unto you in our affliction, then you will hear and help. I mean, you know, sometimes help is a good prayer. Verse 10, and now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you wouldn't let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and didn't destroy them. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God. Will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. You know, when you're, when you're facing something that's insurmountable, when you're looking at something, you know, you don't know what you're going to do, thank God there is a God in heaven that knows exactly what it is that can be done or needs to be done or will be done if you look to him. Glory to God forevermore. Because remember, our text said, thanks be unto God who gives us the what? The what? The victory. Everybody say victory. Come on, y'all awake. Don't go to sleep. I'm going to turn the air conditioners on here pretty quick. Come on. Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ? God wants you to live in victory. 
You know what happens so often, though, people, you know, something, an affliction, some kind of deal will come against them. And go, God, why are you doing this to me? Well, first of all, he's not doing it to you. The God of this world is the one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> you better watch out. You're going to have to interpret my message here pretty quick. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So they, he said, you know, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. What a great place to have your eyes. And all Judah stood before him in verse 13, and their little ones, their wives, and their children. Guess what? They brought the whole family to church. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> I want you to notice in the next four or five verses here, 14 through 18, notice it says, then, then. Now, here's what happened. First of all, they began to set themselves in a place of prayer. And in their prayer, they weren't talking about how big the problem was. They were talking about how big their God was and who he was and what he had done. And not only that, but the obedience of the people and how it is. And he said, behold, how they reward us, you know, to take us out of your possession and that which you have given us to inherit. Hallelujah. And so, so they began, you know, to declare who God was or is. Hallelujah. And then he makes it personal. He says, are you not our God? This is good. How many of you love Jesus this morning? And praise God, I tell you what, you're a majority. Huh? Glory to God. The Lord is on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. So anyway, he, you know, the Spirit of God comes on Jehaziel. I love this. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Comes on Jehaziel, the son of this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. And, and the Spirit of God came on him in the midst of the congregation. And he said, listen, verse 15. Hearken ye all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. And thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Woo! Glory to God. I mean, that's shouting ground right there. Praise God. The battle isn't yours. Now notice, he goes on and instructs them. He says, tomorrow, I want you to go down against them. Now, <laughs> let's stop right there. Because right there, that gets rid of a lot of folk. Huh? You want us to do what? You said the battle's not ours, it's yours. You, you take care of it. No, he says, I want you to go down. You know, sometimes, praise God, you've got to walk right up into the middle of the storm and tell it to peace be still. Yeah. You know, when Gideon was getting ready to fight uh, whoever, the Midianites or whoever it was, he started out with 32,000. And before it was over with, that guy ended up with 300. One per, the 1%, baby. They were all in. Huh? And God gave them an improbable victory over overwhelming odds. I'm telling you what, the God that did that can do the same thing for you and me. Hallelujah. 
Don't ever let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying. If you can't say anything good, don't say nothing. Did you hear me? I mean, it can look like all hell's breaking loose, and I mean, I'm telling you what, you're going to go down the tube or whatever, but you don't have to talk about it. You know, when Abraham had to offer up his son, Isaac said, you know, everything's here except the sacrifice, you know, Father, so uh, what's up with that? And he said, the Lord will provide. He didn't say, oh, by the way, it's you, you know. The Lord will provide a sacrifice. So when something difficult comes your way, find something godly and righteous and biblical to say about it. Or don't say anything. Are you with me? It'll bless you if you do. So, he said, tomorrow I want you to go against him, verse 16. And he tells him where they're at, at the cliff of Ziz. And you shall find them there at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel. And you shall not need to fight in this battle, but set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not. Now, sometimes, you know, sometimes the biggest challenge that we have in our life is fear. And fear is real. Huh? Sometimes, you know, obviously it has torment. But the reality is, is when people are afraid, whether it's perceived or real, it's still there. So you have to learn how to deal with it, don't you? Huh? Here's the thing. This is what Paul told Timothy. Paul told Timothy that God has not given us the spirit of fear. But what did he say it is of? Power, love, and what? A what? Say it again. If any of you thought you're going crazy because stuff's going on and you don't like it, sure you have. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. It'd be good for you to say that. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. See, remember that scripture, our text? It says, thanks be unto God who gives us the what? Victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory comes through him. When, when Jehoshaphat's looking to the Lord, he says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And the Spirit of God comes on them and speaks to them in the midst of their challenge and their difficulty and says, hey, watch this. I'm going to do something great for you. You say, well, God never says anything like that to me. Well, maybe you missed the whole seeking the Lord thing. Huh? I don't have time for that. Well, then suffer, sucker. Here's the thing you have to realize. I've learned this over many years of ministry. People will always make room in their lives for the things that are important to them. 
It's true. If it's important to you, you'll show up or you'll make a way. Are you with me? Well, so anyway, let's see. He said, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. Glory to God, for the Lord will be with you. And so Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they fell before the Lord, and they worshiped him. Now, here's the thing I want you to realize in this. These people received a word from God. Huh? They are now faced with what it is that they're going to do with it. Dear friends, you've, you've got a word from God. I mean, they're all, I mean, we have the entire New Testament. He said, my God, my God, my God shall supply all your needs. You know, if there's deficiency and there's lack, I mean, I would wear Philippians 4.19 out. Huh? I'd take 3 John 2 that says, Beloved, my wish, my prayer, my desire, above everything is that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. That's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you because that's in the Bible. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Now that's what the Bible says. So guess what? There's no use of us apologizing for the blessing of God that's in our lives. Because God wants, it's like I've said so many times, if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And he wants to. But you're the pipe. And guess what? The pipe gets wet. Huh? In other words, you're blessed because you're the conduit. Am I in the right house? So the more of the supply, the bigger the pipe, the greater the blessing, and all of it is for his glory in terms of what it is that he wants to accomplish in the earth today. So I tell you what, praise God, I've upped the size and diameter of my pipe. Huh? Are you with me? Glory to God. <clears throat> How about you? What are you going to do? Well, I'm just going to sulk. I've been thinking about that quite a while. And, you know, I'm just going to get on my sad song, and that's all I'm going to do. Well, you know what? Listen, please don't do that. Find someplace else to think. Find someplace else to think. So much of our problem sometimes is we, we, we end up in the wrong spot. You know, as a kid growing up, there's places my parents didn't want me to go. How many of you had that? Okay, why? Because they knew it was a bad place. You, you shouldn't be there. You don't belong there. And that's inevitably where I always ended up. Because there's this attraction, you know. And that's the way it is in negative thinking sometimes is, is that it's easier to go down this dark path in your thought life and meditate on the things that are all wrong instead of, praise God, turn around and walking into the light and meditating on the things that are good. Yes, you know, it, it, you have to understand that, you know, when it comes to the adversary's tactics and things of that nature, he'll always cause these things to loom so large in your life. 
But you, think back with me, if you would please, over the you know, duration of your lives, you know, and all of this consternation, everything that's gone on with you in your lives, guess what? You're still here. Praise God, you didn't die. Well, but I know somebody that did. Of course you'd bring that up. Because that's what we do. You know? We always want to accentuate the negative. The old man and that nature will gravitate to that all the time. But you know what I want somebody to do when I'm in the mully grubs and I'm not doing so well? I want them to come alongside me and I want them to tell me, praise God, that God is bigger than any problem that I will ever have. And that he's on my side and he's for me and he wants me to win. He's given me victory through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I want to hear. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's great. I, I, I don't... Uh, uh, have any difficulties or whatever, you know, with having an empathy for someone when they're going through a difficult time. But what we want to do is if we're going to do this, we're going to move into the situation and we're going to start believing God for solutions and directions that will move us into a place where our thinking, our believing, and our behavior are healthy and wholesome. Are you with me? Huh? You know, just like children, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes they get, I, I, mean, I know I'm watching uh, Glenn Namey, you know, raising Lily, and she's such a joy to our lives, but she's a child, you know, and she wants to do this and that and the other, and sometimes, you know, if, if, if mama and, and dad says no, well, then she, you know, her lip comes out. You know, and she buries her face someplace, you know. It's like, my God, the world's coming to an end. But what I really like about it is the parents will go say, now, honey, uh, we're not going to do that. We're not, we're not going there. We're not going to pout. Come on, you know. And then she, you know, snaps out of it. I want somebody to come around and help me snap out of it. Huh? Huh? So that we can go down the road of life happy. Glory to God. So, so, and again, these people, they received a word from God. You've been given a word from God. Hallelujah. Now you're faced with what you're going to do with it. Hallelujah. So here's the thing. You have to believe what it is that God has said to you and believe the source from where it has been spoken. What did he say to you? Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know. That's why we're here. Pastor, you're supposed to tell us all this. Well, do a little digging for yourself, will you? I said, do a little digging for yourself. Find out what the New Testament has to say about God's will for your life. You know? In Isaiah, I'm gonna, I want to read this scripture to you because I think it will bless you. Write it down. <clears throat> this is uh, 4110, Isaiah 4110. I've quoted it so often, but it is... It is so inclusive, all-inclusive, and so powerful. This is what he said. Do not fear. Fear not. Why? Because I am with you. So when you're tempted to fear, you can just say, no, I'm not going to do that because thank God he said he's with me. Now notice what he went on to promise and say to you. He said, don't be dismayed, I am your God. So now he's, he's taken out from under us the opportunity of being discouraged. Just leave me alone. I just want to be, you know, this way. And God said, nope, uh-uh, 
I ain't going to do that. Why? Because I'm with you, man. Huh? Are you listening to me? Sometimes it takes a little bit for us to get our minds renewed. But notice what it says here again. It says, don't be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. Huh? I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Now that, my friend, is good news. Huh? Is that not a promise from your father to you, to your heart, in the middle of whatever it is that you might be dealing with? You know, there might be all kinds of care or worry or anxiety, you know, different things, you know, that are going on in your life. And I tell you what, we need to look to God. You say, man, dude, I'll help you. I'll strengthen you, and I will uphold you. I like that. Huh? He says, I'll come alongside you, praise God, and we'll be a winning team. Y'all believe that? I tell you what, praise God, if you can do that, you'll be blessed. So anyway, to bring this to a conclusion, because we've been going here for a while. Hallelujah. We sure wouldn't want anybody's roast that's on time baked to become a sacrifice. This is, um, if there's anything you're going to get out of this, this right here, uh, this is important, this next part. So in verse 19, the Levites, the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korites, all the ites, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with silent prayer. Huh? No, man, dude, they stood up and they began to praise the God of Israel with a loud voice, with the volume on what? High. Hallelujah. You know, somebody, um, um, uh, Pansy, are you here today? Where? Hi, Pansy. Pansy just got saved. Uh, was that two weeks ago that happened or just this? Yeah, two and a half weeks ago, she gave her heart to Jesus in the foyer and got saved. Yeah, amen. Praise God. It's awesome. And she's been about every service since. And, uh, but anyway, she's saying, you know, um, she says, I still haven't got used to your music yet. Because <laughs> she used to hymns and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with hymns. Hymns are beautiful. She said, well, you did sing one song. You know, the... the uh, altered, what was it, holy, 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 or whatever. She liked that. So we're giving you a little bit, praise the Lord, you know. <clears throat> so, you know, when you go to churches, there's always going to be various expressions of worship. Doesn't mean that anything's, you know, right or wrong or whatever the case might be. You can still get blessed if you want to. Are you with me? Now, if you go to a dead church, then that makes it difficult. But you know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. No, they lifted up their voice on high. You know, when you got a note of victory, you guys, you're not quiet about it. I don't know who your team is here next week, but whoever it is, maybe you don't even have one, doesn't matter, but just go with me on this. When people sit in their living rooms and they got their 99,000-inch TV <laughs> that covers the whole wall, and they pick a team, when they make a touchdown, they don't start to sulk. No, they come up out of their chairs. I mean, I can remember one time Joe and I were in our living room, we're watching this game, and we're into it. I don't even remember who was playing. But it was a really improbable. 
you know, likelihood that this team was ever was going to be able to win because, you know, time was out and this and that. And I don't know, they pulled off some deal. And I'm telling you what, dude, I, it's just a reaction. I came up out of the chair. <laughs> it's like I was there, you know. <laughs> yeah, glory to God, you know, all that. She did that to me one night while we were in bed. I went to sleep. We watched Monday Night Football or something like that. And I'm dead asleep, man. I ain't watching it no more. And, and, and something happens, and all of a sudden, she lets out some kind of war hoop, dude. And I'm thinking, my God, what's going on, you know, or whatever. Well, the team won. Now, when you got a note of victory, praise God. I mean, there's going to be an expression that's associated with it. Amen? So, so they... So they, they did, they said, you go out against them in the morning, okay? So here they go, and they started singing, and it wasn't quiet, praise God. There was something, I mean, they had a song in their heart, and they were letting it go. Now, let's, let's close here again. I'm trying. Verse 19, they, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Verse 20, and they rose early in the morning, and they went forth to the wilderness of Tekoa, And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said to them, Hear, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe. Everybody say believe. Believe Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be what? You'll be what? What happens? You're established. How is it that you're established? When you believe. That God is bigger than any problem that I'll ever have. That praise God, he's not given me the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. That he'll supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that I don't have to care because he cares for me. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So he said, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. So when he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they, may, that they should praise the beauty of holiness. Now listen, and as they went out before the army. Wouldn't you think we'd send somebody else besides that? I mean, don't you think we ought to have some kind of artillery or, you know, some kind of fortified or fortification of of something that's going to protect us? They sent out the praisers. Now, why is that important to you and me? Because I tell you what, praise God, praise stills the enemy and the avenger. So when the devil wants to drive and corkscrew you into the ground, the best thing you can do is start praising God. Go get some good music turned on. Sing. Hallelujah. Something that is uplifting. Something that blesses you. Something that causes you, praise God, to get up on the right side. Huh? Come on. They sent the praisers out there. Glory to God forevermore. Well, there's a, you know, I mean, you can say what you want about it. People say, well, that's just foolishness. Well, then I'm a fool. Because I tell you what, praise God, sometimes you just have to praise God in spite of what it is that's going on. Somehow or another, it releases the power of God in people's lives. <laughs> so, in, in closing, he's, they went forth, and they said, believe. And then when he consulted with the people, verse 21, they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing, and to sing or to praise the Lord, the Lord... 
Everybody say the Lord. See, the Lord set ambushments against Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which had all come against Judah, and they were smitten. Now, you ought to read the rest of this, because I tell you what, praise God, it took them four days to haul this stuff away. I mean, that's awesome. Four days. There was so much spoil, it took them four, everybody say four days. Because three days are hauling off, and on the fourth day, they, you know, they set up an, a, a deal and had a praise service and gave a name to the valley, which means blessing. Because they got blessed. And their enemies ended up being thrown into the midst of the sea. Are you with me? Turned on one another. That's why, you know, you see all this evil stuff. Dude, these, these people that are making these alliances with one another and they're corrupt and they're evil, it won't ever stand. Because it's just that. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Praise God. He said, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Child of God, that's his promise to you. So in spite of what everybody else is saying, in spite of what everybody else is thinking, in spite of whatever it is that's going on within this world, that's what your God said that he would do for you. I'd take that deal if I were you. Huh? I'd put my trust in him. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. Praise God. Well, I preach pretty good, Nelson, don't you think? Amen. Yeah, amen. Let's all stand up. Thank you, Lord. The, la the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Amen. As some would consider it. Well, how come God isn't answering my prayer? How come God isn't this? How come that? That's not an answer that I can give to you. But I know this much, God is faithful. Amen? Sometimes people will, um, um, I want to say this right, sometimes people will concede with their circumstance. It's the way it is. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. He told Jairus, he said, don't be afraid. Just believe. So maybe you've conceded, well, you know, this is the way it's always going to be. It doesn't have to be that way. I'm telling you what, in five seconds, God can change your whole deal. He can. But you've got to be willing to believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, it can be simple. I mean, you know, God, he's not asking for much. You can just say, God, I don't know how, but I trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to look to you. And I'm going to thank you. And I'm going to praise you. Hallelujah. You know, the psalmist, you know, he asked about his own soul. He says, so why are you disquieted within me? He said, hope in God. For I will yet praise him. For his presence is deliverance. Hallelujah. So I want you to just slip one hand up toward heaven with me. Let's just praise God for our lives that we have in him this morning, Father. Together today as a congregation of people, we're so grateful. Oh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful, so grateful, so grateful, Father, for your promises. 
And Father God, I thank you for encouraging every discouraged heart here today. I thank you, Father, for bringing peace where there was consternation and turmoil. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Father God, for bringing to pass everything that you said you would do. Glory to God. We rejoice in your dear Father. We thank you for your blessing in the house. Thank you, Lord, for your mercies and your goodness. They're new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. We thank you today, Father, for what it is that you've promised. Thank you, Lord, for leading and guiding us in the way in which you would have us to go. Father, help us to think differently, to think as you think. Father, to think the thoughts of God. And Father, I just thank you, Father, for wisdom, counsel, Yes, guidance and abilities, Father God, within the lives of these, your people. Father, I thank you that in 21, Father, that there'll be production, there'll be productivity. Father God, there'll be advancement, there'll be grace that is upon their lives. That God, people will see that there, you know, there's something happening there. They're they're advancing, they're being blessed, they're being helped, all that. Why don't we get in on that? Hallelujah. God, make us a witness to the world around us. Hallelujah, that there is peace with you. Hallelujah. That no evil can stand against the Lord our God. Thank you, Father. While your heads are bowed, please, your eyes are closed. No uh, no one's looking around, but if you're here this morning while you're standing there, if you've never made a decision to receive Christ, I, uh, I kind of assume that maybe we're amongst our own, but perhaps there's a person you never ask him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. And you see what's going on in the world and you're wondering, you know, how in the world is this gonna turn out? You know, well, I tell you, Jesus came once and he died for the sins of the world and he was raised from the dead by the glory of his Father. And he's coming again a second time to receive us, the church, those who have called on his name praise God, to have heaven as our home. So if you're not sure, if you don't know that heaven is gonna be your home if you die, and you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I wanna know, I don't wanna, I don't, I don't wanna be wondering. Anyone as I look, anyone at all, thank you, Jesus. All right, very good, praise God. Let's everybody say it together. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Say it again. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. The Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are over all His works. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Praise God. Well, listen, why don't you uh, greet those around you. Let them know you're glad they came. Hope you'll join us on Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Have a great week. Praise God. Turn the world upside down. Glory to God.